For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Eno Saris, who covers Major League Baseball for The Athletic, about the new scandals that baseball is facing, and that's external substances that pitchers are using on the baseball to doctor it in order to throw the ball with more RPM, thus making it harder to hit. Baseball has now been investigating this. They've suspended minor leaguers for doctoring the baseball. They've also implemented a 10-game suspension in which some players are already starting to see the ramifications of people calling out the likes of players like Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer to see how this may affect them going forward, assuming that they are in fact using these foreign substances. All things we can talk about with Eno Saris, who joins me next. Today is Monday, June 7th. Always fun when we can talk baseball with Eno Saris, who of course covers Major League Baseball for The Athletic. And Eno, I actually wanted to, to open this up with a huge thank you to you, because I'm going to give you the credit. Here in the first week of June, I am in first place in my fantasy baseball league, and it's all because you said Vladdy Jr. was going to hit 30 home runs this year. He's probably going to hit more than 30 home runs this year, dude. <laughs> How are your fantasy teams holding up to this point? I'm doing good. I'm going to have some big wins this year. Some of it is developing a new stuff stat that, you know, puts all the the pitchers stuff into uh, just their velocity and their spin rates and everything into context. So I'm all over like Shane McClanahan and Adbert Alzale and <laughs> all these these guys are springing up. It's what makes fantasy baseball fun, man. So let me ask you, when it comes to the stuff stat, does that include uh, pine tar? Does it include <laughs> resin? Does it include sunscreen? Let's talk about what's going on, man, with the new crackdown on, and it is kind of a new crackdown on the foreign substances that pitchers are using that a lot of people think are are more valuable to changing the game or tilting the game in the pitcher's favor than steroids would have been during the steroid era. Some breaking news from John Heyman on Thursday. What can you tell us about what's going on with, uh, with some of the substance policing now? Yeah, that's a Direct quote from a pitching coordinator saying these these things are better than steroids. And the news from John Heyman is that baseball presented evidence to the ownership that this is pervasive, and ownership gave them the okay to actually crack down on them. What we had been seeing is sort of an information gathering period where they were confiscating balls from a start in Oakland and confiscating hats from a start in St. Louis, and just trying to figure out how bad it was. My reporting says that about 75% of the league uses stuff, but there is a big difference between what Giovanni Gallegos used in St. Louis, which is sunscreen and rosin. That gives you not much of a boost in RPM. And this stuff called spider tack, which can attach a cinder block to your hand. And uh, that stuff boosts your RPM by three to 500 RPM. And that increases your breaking ball stuff by 30%, makes your breaking balls 30% better. And you joke about it, but when I look at my list of the best stuff in the big leagues, I see guys that I know behind the scenes are using this advanced stuff, boiling down bong resin, boiling down Coca-Cola and CBD oil, using stuff that people usually use to attach themselves to cinder blocks. That's what's going on in baseball behind the scenes. It's crazy because you go back a couple of years and when, when Trevor Bauer had first done this with the Indians where he doctored the baseball for one inning, changed his RPM for one inning just to prove that it could be done, baseball didn't really do anything about it. So then at one point, Trevor Bauer was like, well, hell, if I can make a bunch of money off of this and I know all the guys across the league are using this, maybe Garrett Cole is using this, and then we see him end up with the Cincinnati Reds. He clearly has got some substance that he's using. It helped the Reds last year be the number one team in baseball in spin rate. This year, the Dodgers are the number one team in baseball. 
baseball. <laughs> as far as spin rate is concerned, it seems like there's no coincidence there. So how is baseball going to go about policing this? Because you mentioned taking some of the balls out of Trevor Bauer's start in Oakland from earlier this year, and then we never really heard anything about it. So if baseball is reporting to the owners now, hey, we know this is happening. We know these guys are using this substance that we can't identify or don't know exactly what it is. Why hasn't there been a punishment handed down? Why haven't they directly come at Trevor Bauer and said, hey, we know you're doing this. Help us stop doing it or tell us what you're using or you're going to face a fine. Yeah, it's really difficult because the way it's been policed in the past is one manager tells the umpire to go police a pitcher. He doesn't do that because all his guys use it. And so he doesn't want to start a war. And then on top of that, really, the whole way we normally work is once somebody breaks the rule, then you bust them. The problem is that it's going to be really hard to tell the difference between sunscreen and rosin and these advanced stuff. You know, maybe you do like an MMA style check in where you're like, you know, caressing the guy's uh, hair in the back and you're uh, you're sticking your hand down their pants and checking out their belt and stuff. That'll be really awkward for the fans. It'll uh, do something to pace of play. I don't know. And um, on top of that, you'll have busted a guy before he ever used it. He could say, well, I don't know how that pine tar got on my belt. You know, there's pine tar everywhere. So it'll be difficult. I think it'll be difficult. I think they're going to have to attach. There's going to be sort of like, we caught you with something on the ball in this start right now. And we also have evidence from five other starts. So if you want to say you didn't do it today and it just was randomly on the ball today, why was it randomly on the ball on all five of your last starts? So I think that's what they're going to have to sort of combine the after the game with the during the game kind of sleuthing. I'd heard uh, Buster Olney and Tim Kirchin on a podcast together earlier this week, and they were talking about Kirchin always has much different views of how to go about things than Olney does, which is funny to to hear old-time baseball guys go back and forth about it. But Olney thinks we should be patting these guys down or checking them when they walk into the mound. I heard you say at one point, you know, treat it like it's an MMA fight. Like you're checking the guy's gloves, you're checking his his hat, maybe his arms, but then you maybe end up with a situation where the catcher's going to put it on his shin guard or the catcher's going to have it on his glove and he can put it on the ball himself before he throws it back. So can we monitor it by arm? RPM? Can we identify it by saying, hey, this guy's RPM has jumped up 30% or 40% or 400 RPM over one game and managers pointed out to opposing managers or to umpires and say, we need to take a look at this. He's clearly cheating. Yeah, I don't know, because the problem is that you, you for that, you need to have a baseline. You need to have, say, oh, here he was not cheating, and here he, here he is cheating. And the problem is that from my reporting, I've heard that multiple organizations are indoctrinating their young players, and maybe not you know the organization itself, but people within the organization are indoctrinating their young players so that when they get to the big leagues, they're already using. So their baseline in the big leagues is this already juiced up RPM, so it's hard to, to spot them. And then on top of that, I've heard that, you know, I heard from a bunch of college players, you know, spider tack, this thing that that attaches you to cinder blocks. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. However, it doesn't work in the north. So we have this other stuff. It doesn't work in the cold. So it's already something that's that's up and down the game. It's kind of going to be really hard to get out of the game. It's so prevalent, so prevalent that we're now seeing it in the minor leagues. Last week, four players across minor league baseball have been suspended for a period of time, which may crack down on some of this in minor league baseball. They've got to basically keep the parameters, right? They've got to keep the standards for how they go about policing this in the minors because you're going to be able to pull some guys out and find them and get them to stop doing it. We saw this with steroid use, you know, suspending minor leaguers for an entire season for steroid use has been something they've done in the past. Obviously, this isn't as big of an issue Major League Baseball doesn't think, but how do you go? about this i mean if it's happening at the low levels in single a and guys are seeing hey i can get to the big leagues by changing my rpm that's the fastest route what's baseball going to do about this are they going to police every minor league team now is it, is it just on these minor league umpires to then send these balls to major league baseball what's the process here 
baseball is not always known for for having a great plan and sticking to it. So, um, you know, I, I will say one thing that you said there that was really interesting is I make it to the big leagues if I have this, this RPM. Baseball has been looking for RPM. Like I, I talked to Ryan Bookter one time. He said the Dodgers just lined up a bunch of prospective relievers, had them throw in front of the machines and then picked out the three that had the highest RPM. And so it's going to be really hard because the incentive is there to cheat. And I wonder, even if we make uh, have some scapegoats, even some high-profile ones in the major leagues, and there seems to be like maybe a scared straight moment, I think the temptation will still be there for people to use it because they still know that baseball selects for RPM, that they look for RPM, that they want guys who can spin the ball. You had a great piece last week uh, about no-hitters and how prevalent they've been in baseball this year. And we talked before the season started, you and I, about the deadening of the baseball. And I go back to, I think I mentioned this to you before, I go back to when, when Sammy Sosa got caught with the corked bat. And remember after he gets caught, he went, oh, no, I just used that for batting practice. Everyone was like, yeah, right. Yes, <laughs> you were using that for BP. And then there were some people who came out and said, well, it only helps the ball go, you know, a small percentage farther. And I'm thinking a small percentage. How many times does a ball die on the warning track? How many times in a game do we see a guy make a catch right up against the wall? The dead and balls are having maybe the same type of effect, creating more outs. How tied to no hitters do you think this new ball is? Yeah, it's definitely got some effect because we can demonstrate balls that were homers in 2019 are outs in 2020. There are definitely balls. And even when they announced it, they said this will take a foot off a 375-foot fly ball. That doesn't sound like a lot, but one to two feet, like they said, does reduce homers by about 5%. That's almost exactly what we're seeing. But what's strange is we're seeing other things too. We're seeing movement go up. We're seeing velo go up. They, they made the ball smaller and lighter. So the velo just jumped the biggest that has jumped in 10 years to over 94 miles an hour for the first time in baseball history. So you know, if all those things kind of contribute, if the ball is moving more and moving faster and not going as far once you hit it, that's going to lead to more no hitters. But then beyond that, there's something going on because you would expect maybe nine no hitters this year. And so if we have three or four more, maybe that's in line with what you'd expect with the ball. But we had six in the first two months. <laughs> so if we have like 15 this year, they're going to have to look into if there were some more effects to, uh, uh, from the ball that we knew about. You know, uh, you're doing a great job, man. I appreciate all this coverage. We need this sort of stuff with what's going on, you know, across the game right now. This sort of this sort of gray area, super weird stuff. I need one more pick. Give me one guy I should be paying attention to here at the back end of the the first third of the season. Fantasy baseball, who's my guy? Well, Alec Manoa came out and blew the doors off my stuff rating in his first start. He's the Blue Jays' young starter. And then in the second start, the fastball fell apart. But it was rainy. It was cold. He got hit by a comebacker. So I'm really watching that third start. I think he's going to be the just like Shane McClanahan, one of these young guys that blows the doors off the second half. And he is claimed while you're talking. He's on my <laughs> roster. There we go, dude. You know, I appreciate the time, man. We'll keep reading you throughout the season. And we'll catch up with you maybe around the All-Star break. We'll try to check in again, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks for having me. Great stuff from Eno Saris. He does a great job sort of covering these gray areas. And while, you know, we oftentimes look at what he's doing as far as analytics are concerned, the analytics are the ones that are showing us that this RPM stuff is happening. It may be the easiest way to grade or judge whether or not a player is using a foreign substance. So coming to the forefront now, it is funny, though, with the Astros cheating scandal, how polarizing that was across the game, how it made entire fan bases, entire organizations look bad. It cost a couple of managers and, and general managers their jobs. And yet we look at this sort of scandal or this sort of cheating element to the game and nobody really bats an eye in it we just say well it's been going on for a long time and now major league baseball starting to crack down because the game and the layout and the makeup the very fabric of baseball is now suffering because of how dominant so many of these pitchers have been 
Thank you to Eno. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We love bringing you the best stories in Bay Area sports and in sports in general. We'll get back into some of the NBA as well as more Major League Baseball later this week. Also, the first-year player draft right around the corner. We'll check in with Melissa Lockard in the weeks ahead about what we should be looking at around draft time and who we should be looking at coming up near the end of this season as far as minor leaguers are concerned. Until then, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you Wednesday.